I'm Catherine Gallagher. Jan Pesson. And this is Bitchin' About Food, Jan. Happy anniversary. Thanks. We're still together. <laughs> Not our 44-year anniversary, but it's our one-year podiversary. Yeah. We are three days away from our one-year anniversary, and we are very happy to welcome back the man who started it all. It's kind of gratitude month here at the old podcast. November is the gratitude month. Uh, the man who helped us get a leg up, as the Sweeney sisters used to say on Saturday Night Live, our original beloved engineer, Nick Scheiss, ladies and Yay. gentlemen. I'm back. He's yes. back. <laughs> Yay. I think we want to make this an annual tradition, the November appearance of Nick. Sounds good to me. Right before Thanksgiving. Sounds and, good to me. Yeah. And, um, but you were nice enough to come here to Will's studio, so now you see this studio as well. But we started in your studio, and I actually listened to the first podcast this morning while I was cleaning the house. And we've come a long way, baby. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Although, a year ago, you were still telling me to shut the fuck up, and that hasn't changed, which is great. <laughs> and a year from now, it will be the same. It better be. Yeah. Yeah. It will be. Um, let's first briefly touch on the shyst. Because, oh, sorry, I pop, popped the mic there. I've lost the thread of the shyst. I, I, I was listening for a while and then, are you still doing your podcast? Yes, but most of my energy has gone into a different show that was sort of incubated on that original podcast, which is Bad Movies We Love. Oh. And so that started as like a mini series on the original show. And then as I made more movie friends and started to connect to more people that wanted to talk about film, it gave me the opportunity to sort of expand this. And that's what I've been doing for most of this year. I still try to like get some stuff up on the other show, but in terms of just dedicating energy and time and resources. So no more sports? I still do. Uh, I still do some sports, but like. Saturday is typically my day to work on that show if I'm going to do it. Yeah. And Saturdays are not as readily available as they were. Because? Because I'm getting married. Yes, he's getting married to Kristen. So that means it's over between us. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't think it was ever on, Jen. Oh. oh. Uh, although on our first episode, you were like, hey, we're having a three-way. I'm like, wow, this is, Jan really went there right away. Oh. Three-way, episode one. Yeah. Bam. Bam. Um, congratulations, honey. Thank you. Mazel tov. She's the sweetest girl. I love her. She's great. Yeah. And I'm glad that we get to do this together. And yeah. There's no one I'd rather do it with. Yeah. Sorry, Jan. That's all right. <laughs> That's, That's all right. Okay. I can take She's it. She's heard that before. Yeah. Um, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> well. um, so, yeah, we were, I was just asking you when you were outside if you've written your vows yet, and um, you, you're getting there. Yeah. I've got some good foundation set up yeah. for what will become the vows, because sometimes, like... Just a phrase or a feeling that I have kind of creeps in and I don't want to lose it. Yeah. But I'm also not actively like writing down on pen yeah. and paper. I think I'm going to get some like nice designer letterhead and then I'll have that for the actual ceremony. So yeah. that way when we're done, like we can keep it and frame it. And yeah. Stuff. And you don't want it. You don't want it to be too sappy either. You know, like I was listening to Barbara Streisand on Howard Stern the other day and she was talking about how. When James Brolin and she were dating, they would fall asleep and he would say, oh, I don't want to fall asleep. I don't want to. I'm going to miss you so much when I fall asleep. And I thought, what a sap. But she loves that kind of romantic stuff like that. So it's Barbara Streisand. What are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, it's good to keep some of that romance alive. 
but it's like you know yeah. I want sometimes I'm just I'm gone for an hour and she's like did you miss me I'm like, eh. <laughs> like I, I haven't even been gone long enough to actually miss you yet so listen give I stayed I stayed overnight at a girlfriend's the other night and Dean didn't even know I was gone but that's what 19 years will give you yeah. so <laughs> anyway it doesn't matter <laughs> so let's well, start he Let, didn't even know you weren't there. He he knew, but he was just like, can't you say another night? I'm like, no, I miss you so much. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's bitch about food. Because when we last, well, you actually, we did the first two podcasts with you. This is yeah. your third appearance. Mm -hmm. But our very first podcast was a week before Thanksgiving. And here right. we are like two weeks before Thanksgiving. And you were talking about how um, you basically brought the cranberries you really yeah. didn't you really didn't know what your plans were because you were on a long text thread that was going nowhere um you generally outsourced the turkey to gelson's <laughs> has anything changed in a year uh we're <laughs> less prepared than we were we've got no plan uh <laughs> wow uh we haven't even started the text thread yet oh my and, god i mean it's a little difficult like going between two families because we typically do like a earlier Thanksgiving, Agora. but it's not that early. It's like three o'clock. So if right. I want to eat, then am I going to eat again at seven? Right. Because so, I remember last year, Heidi was having the girls over at your sister's for like mm -hmm. one o'clock cocktails and you were trying to figure out a way how to do that. Plus Agora, plus the food at Susie's. Hey, why not just pick one family for Thanksgiving and the other family for Christmas? Problem uh, solved. Yeah. I mean, mm. hey, look, this is better advice than I've had in all these years so far. So. <laughs> <laughs> Pick one. Yeah. You don't have to do both, right? We also talked about pork loin. Both of us jumped on Nick a year ago for his pork loin recipe, which sounded phenomenal. Have either one of us made pork loin in a year? No. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it didn't sound that phenomenal. Well, it did. I'm <laughs> listening to it. I'm like, well, that sounds really easy. Why didn't we ever make that? I mean, it just sounded really good. So, yeah. And then we talked about Kristen's, you called it the beige plate. Beige plate. One of the favorite things. Yeah. Has she taken up cooking anymore now that you no. guys... No. Less. <laughs> Less. If anything, yeah, really? the division of labor has gone from like 90-10 to 99-1 in really? terms of like food prep. I mean, yeah, she'll buy food, she'll order food and stuff like that. But in terms of cooking, I do almost all of the cooking. Does she grocery shop or do you do that too? Uh, I typically do the grocery shopping. Yeah. Because I need to prep the fridge to know that yes. these are the things that I need on hand to make dinner on a weeknight. Because well, we don't, we don't meal prep, we don't meal plan, we don't make ahead of time. So it's like open the freezer. What's in here? Chicken, pork tenderloin, maybe a steak or something. Some right. ground beef, ground turkey. Okay, I'm gonna take one of those things. I'm gonna thaw it, and then I'm gonna work with whatever else is in the fridge at the time. Yeah, but don't you think that's part of what you and I go through? Jan and I go through the mental. It's a mental thing that we go through where we don't want to think about food as much as we're thinking about food. The cooking in, the cooking in and of itself, I think we sort of have that down to a science-ish. I mean, Thanksgiving, of course, is coming. And, and I, I, I decided to print out my timeline for what I have to do because we talked about timing last year. And my timeline is in a Word document that is single-spaced and it's two pages long. I mean, the font isn't that big. It's like the timeline, it's it's so, there's so much timing involved with Thanksgiving. There's so much thinky brain stuff, as Mark Maron calls it, thinky brain stuff that goes into Thanksgiving. The actual cooking isn't that big of a challenge, but figuring out how it all comes out of the oven and how it all manages to coalesce at the same time. And I originally was having 11 people for Thanksgiving, which has now whittled down to eight. 
Who's not coming? I never asked you that. The girls can't make it. They have to do something in New York with their documentary filmmaker. And one of our guests, Frederick Johnson, isn't coming. Which, oh, yeah, which there goes the pie. There goes the pie and the greens. I was kind of bummed. Damn, Frederick. I know, but he's got something going on. He's got an obligation. So I made my pecan pie squares already. Those are in the freezer. I haven't eaten from them yet. Those are good. You like those pecan pie squares. Yeah, I do. And... Um, Louie's going to bring apple pie, and I'm, I'm going to make a cheesecake, and that should be good for, oh, eight, okay. pe- for eight people. That's fine. Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. I'm make, I know. I'm making it. So all this to say, I had a much, much larger menu, if you can believe it. I was going to do like, because the girls are vegetarian, so I was going to do like a bunch of vegetable sides and stuff. And now I just kind of took all that off the table. and now I'm. But I am doing something different this year. I'm having a Jan's request. Well, two things at Jan's request, one of which she's making a green bean casserole, which she's making, mm-hmm. and uh, Alison Roman's celery stuffing from 2022. Delicious. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. I've never made it before, but, you know, we'll have two stuffings and a big turkey and a ham and, yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever. But, yeah. Uh, but you don't have a plan. I, I admire you. You have no plan. <laughs> Wing it. Hoping. Quite literally. Yeah. Winging it. And nobody's asking. No, I don't know what's happening. Um, <laughs> Do you think they're planned it and you're excluded from the plans? No. no, I think what's happened is that like our wedding prep has taken over most of our energy when it comes to planning anything. So we're the ones who are typically pushing the narrative of like, hey, when is this going to happen? Where is it going to happen? What do we want to do? And oh, really? It's not Susie and Heidi? No, because we don't really have Thanksgiving with them. Oh, okay. They like Susie and... Will, they do Thanksgiving with Tim and... Yeah, with Will's uh, family in Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. And then uh, Heidi and Jeff, they go into their restaurant, they get their like Thanksgiving sandwich and... That's it. That's kind of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about the food at your wedding. Let's. What are we having? It's going to be like taco truck style. So it's Contiki Tacos. What? Like a yeah. like a Hawaiian taco fusion thingy? Uh, Polynesian tacos? N- no, you would think so by the name, but it's more just like... Is that the name of the truck? Contiki it is, Tacos? Yeah. Okay. They're, uh, I don't know if they have like an actual storefront, but they have like, you know, the little heated carts with the propane tanks. They come out, cook everything up. Cheese, and... tortillas, all that, salsa bar. But what makes it Contiki? Is it the seasoning in the meat? The logo. Okay. The name. I don't know. I don't believe it is Hawaiian, although we'll have our Hawaiian stuff. And we're going to have like open margarita bar and stuff. So Okay. Wait a minute. Where's the wedding? Yeah. Uh, it's at the Maxwell House in Pasadena. Okay. So what is that? It is like part of the Pasadena like Justice Society. So the building is right next door to the Pasadena Appellate Courthouse. Okay. And it's a historical landmark in Pasadena. They are operated as a nonprofit as well. So all of the fees for the wedding service go to the nonprofit, which is oh, really nice. Wow. Yeah. And it's like Spanish styled old home. Oh. And it was someone's home at one point and now it's a event venue. Wow, this is great. Yeah, it's really How did nice. you get a line on Contiki Tacos? Uh they we did an open house with Maxwell House and we sort of just showed up one day and it was like hey you're not on the list but we had emailed and talked to the uh, event planner and she was like yeah just come by and you know you can see the place and they were trying to book out the last of 
their availability for the year as well. And so they had all of their vendors there that they work with on a regular basis. So we ended up finding our photographer who gave us really excellent rates, which is Lulin uh, Photography Studio. Okay, shout uh, out. Yeah, excellent rates, especially compared to what we looked at. Unbelievable. And we love their story. And we found our food vendor there. Uh, we found like all of our games and photo booth rental stuff there. And we found our uh, hotel, which we're blocking hotel rooms for the people that are coming in from out of state. Wow, this is fantastic. It is like wonderful. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work, but uh, we're at that point. We're about a month out. So we're like really trying to finalize details. And you know what I thought was always a fun part about wedding planning is when you try wedding cakes like like that would be cool to try wedding cakes. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> you would think so. Jan. But <laughs> but trying wedding cakes made me like physically sick. Really? Yeah. Because Why? Because there's so eat, much sugar? Yeah. I don't eat sugar that often. Oh, really? So when it was just like one cake after the other after the other, and we're splitting like, you know, one two inch cupcakes in half but trying a dozen of those like by the end of it i was like i need to lay down because i don't feel good anymore oh my god what did you eventually decide on we chose the white wedding cake just Perfect like choice. classic yeah yep. jan loves a good white cake that's my favorite she mm -hmm. is from kentucky speaking of cake uh thank you for bringing uh, nick brought each of us including will yeah some pumpkin bread it's a maple pumpkin loaf with... and there's a little sticker on it that says homemade with love and nick made it yeah, with love from when i was you know running the sound and flavor instagram and doing a lot of baking i don't really dedicate as much time to that because i don't have the time but that was still something that i like i had workshopped when i was running that pretty regularly and so it's a maple pumpkin loaf oh Enjoy. my god i already tasted yeah jen already had some yeah. delicious okay good <laughs> delicious <laughs> well that reminds me of the story of our second podcast with will when he gave us it was after thanksgiving before christmas and heidi had made some christmas cookies and he gave us some of heidi's christmas cookies i remember those and jan in the car was eating them on the way home from your studio oh my god like it lasted like we hadn't even pulled out of your garage and she was already eating the cookie. I remember I called you from the road. I'm like, Nick, where are you Jan's eating your cookie already? Because they were good. They were delicious. Heidi's a great baker. Yeah. Yeah. It must she, run in your family because you're a great. I mean, this is fantastic. She makes a very, very good, just like a base sugar cookie. Yeah. Which is not always easy to do. No. It's actually kind of really hard. So you went with a, so you're having Contiki tacos. Yes. And open margarita bar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and white wedding cake, and that's it. Bob's your uncle. Well, it's we're doing a churro ice cream bar as like the real dessert. We got the cake for like cake, yeah, Pic pictures. We need the stuff. picture, and we're gonna have it on display so it looks nice. And yeah, all that, and it's you're gonna like... save the top and eat it a year later. Well, I was trying to figure that out. I was like, <laughs> the top is too big to just conveniently store in the freezer. So maybe we keep a slice from the yeah. top and then freeze that. But yeah, and yeah, eat the it top round later. is like eight inches. Like, we don't have room for that. That never appealed to me. Eating the top of your wedding cake a year later on your anniversary. Well, you'll never know. So. Oh. <laughs> what a Savage. bitch from hell. <laughs> That's okay. I'm used to it. Um, <laughs> well, this is really good news. I mean, really. I mean, never mind that you don't have any Thanksgiving plans. You have nah. wedding plans, and that's what's really important. Yeah, because we're yeah. getting married. Like, what is it? What is Thanksgiving? The twenty third. So yeah. two weeks after that, we're getting married. Wow, yeah. a December wedding. I love that. Yeah, I. Love... It's a good time to get married, though, in Pasadena. Yeah, in yeah. December. 
And if the weather is anything like it is right now in November, it'll be yeah. 80 degrees Freeze. and sunny and yeah. warm. Yeah. 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 Well, let's suspend bitching about food for one minute and talk about the podcast. So when we first met you, um, I had said to you, well, I found this peer space. Mm-hmm. I found Will on peer space. And you were so cute because you didn't even know us really. And one of the first things you did was to call Will and make sure he wasn't wasn't a serial killer, and yeah. to make sure everything was okay. What well, we've since found out, Will is a serial killer. But well, we still don't really know. <laughs> we're going with it. Who knows gonna, what goes on but, upstairs? Right. But I'm gonna, I, you know. But he's got okay. these two lovely. <laughs> yeah. Um, plus, he's got such sweet dogs. I don't think the dogs could fake it. Animals always know. True. Like I dated this guy once and my dog at the time hated him. And I came to find out later on he was secretly like abusing my dog. And I'm mm. like, oh, the an- Jan always said, the animals know. And and she was absolutely right. But anyway, um, not to bring the podcast down. <laughs> down but um, what was the name of the guy who was secretly abusing your dog? I'm not going to say. Oh. I don't want to say his name. Why not? Call him out. Yeah. No, no, no. I, want I, can't. You to okay. say no I can't do that because he worked for like Raytheon or... One of those, and he had like high, super high end security clearance. And Don't of course, get he did. Sued for slander here. And all, not only that, but he could like, you know, plant something in my house that hooks me into the government and then my taxes are all jacked up. And no, I, I'm not going to do that. Wow. No. I actually was really scared of him. Well, it sounds like with cause. Yeah. Uh. I, I never told you. Well, I don't want to tell that story. It's too disturbing. You would be too disturbed by that story. But anyway, um, yeah, but all this to say, it all worked out because Will has been fabulous and and it's close to our house and we appreciate you giving us, we appreciated you being so supportive of us from the get-go. The first two podcasts, you're like, yeah, this is great. It has legs. You should do it. Yeah. Go to Will. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's we're very appreciative of that support and thanks for coming on our podcast today and doing this. But I want to talk about podcasting in yeah, general. It was a very Menchy thing to do. It was. Oh, well, okay, good. Yeah. That's good, right? That is a good. Yeah, okay. Menchie is good. Yeah, Menchie's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let's talk about podcasting because let's go back to your original thing that you were saying about films. So you're doing like films we love to hate now as your primary focus. I remember a year ago you were talking about Tar. Yeah. And I was I was looking at. After you said that about Tar, I kind of went in and did like, and I thought, oh, I don't want to watch this. And then somehow six months ago, I ended up watching it by myself. And that was a good movie. Did it you was. like that movie? I, You know, I didn't enjoy sitting through it so much. No. Like, not for ever. And then as, as it was winding down and when it was over... I could not stop thinking yeah, about that movie. Exactly. Could not stop thinking about it. It was such it. a good movie, yeah, but it happened to me. It yeah. was like after the fact. It was yeah. like it was the weirdest experience. Like I didn't want to sit I didn't like watching it. I didn't like her. Yeah. I didn't like that character. But it was really, really well done. That I think that's Kate Blanchett's magic, really. <laughs> She's just so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, and I with a guy like Todd Field too, it's not easy to make a story that is focused around a character that you're not supposed to like. Yeah. Because you don't really get a break from ever not liking this person. And you get like a little bit of relief from that at the end, but you do have to go pretty far into the rabbit hole. Yeah. And just his richness as a filmmaker, I think, is what gives it that staying power once you're done watching it. I just thought it was a really interesting, given the Me Too movement yeah. and, you know, yeah. all the political correctness stuff. I just felt like it was an interesting take to have the character be a woman. Yeah. And then, oddly enough, I was on her side. 
quite a few times. I didn't always like, I know you were supposed to be on the other person's side, but I was like, oh my God, they're, yeah. you know, yeah. being ridiculous. Yeah, it was really, really interesting. But it just, it made me really think about things a lot. Yeah, way more than I thought I was going to yeah. just watching Kate Blanchett conduct some orchestra. I mean, I thought, oh, this is very deep. And, you know, our our old college professor, Gene Ferraro, was on a guest on the podcast in the middle of the year. And he's a huge film. He used to teach film. And he, he was like, man, that shist, that Nick guy, he knows what he's talking about. I, he recommended a movie to me. So what other than movies we love to hate, like Plan 9 from Outer Space or whatever you want to talk about, what movies have stood out to you this year? We're going to bitch about movies for a minute. What movies have you enjoyed? Well, let me say, first of all, the show is Bad Movies We Love. Oh. Not movies we love to hate. Oh. <laughs> well, what's so, a bad movie you love? What's a good example? Uh, the one that I just did was Weekend at Bernie's. That's the most recent episode. So these are movies that were generally disliked by critics as lowbrow, you know, bad. Was that? Did that get bad reviews? It did. It did. It. I loved it. It did exactly. Extremely, it did <laughs> exactly. extremely well at the box it office. Did? Of oh course. yes, I never saw it. Yeah. Big hit. It's Big a hit. lot of fun, and it is. so that's kind of what we do: is we celebrate stuff that the critics shit on. Oh wow, interesting. Yeah. Okay. And okay. so, separate from that, I run an online international film club where. We've got members in Australia, Kenya, Ireland, Ooh. London. How can they find that? How Canada. can people find that? How can people find that? Uh, if you are on Twitter and you look for the Scheist International Film Club, okay, S H E I S T, S H E I S T on X. Um, that's Twitter. Yeah, just search for uh, Nick, Nick Scheisty. You'll find me. Okay, and then what Nick Scheisty? Okay, and then what's like the best one of the, one of the best films you've seen so far in that realm? Recently, this year, I would say I just saw the holdovers this last week, and it's awesome. This is Alexander Payne who did Sideways. I do want to see that reuniting with Paul Giamatti, and it is this like timeless holiday story of what it means to find connection when maybe like your family situation isn't solid. So you've got these three characters primarily that are staying at this kind of like prep school okay and they're there for the holidays while everybody else sort of like gets rescued by their rich parents to take them away and go to the hamptons or you know go skiing and things like that so you've got these three characters who are all left alone during the holidays for different reasons and while they don't necessarily get along they kind of have to lean on each other and in the course of that you find out a lot about them and like kind of what it means to create family out of friendship Oh, that sounds great. And what do they eat? They, <laughs> they eat, I think there's like a ham and some chicken in there, or a turkey, because there's no new deliveries coming into the school while they're closed for a holiday. Okay. So it's whatever the cook who's there on staff can whip up. Oh my God. That sounds good. I love his, I loved, I loved Sideways. I thought that yeah, was you really, would probably like this really song. great movie. Yeah. Yeah. I like that movie. I like his movies. Yeah. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah. Um, so that's great. So you have like a bunch of stuff going on other than just the old sports podcast, which in last year you had to explain to us, like, like you mentioned a football, a f- you mentioned a team and I'm like, what sport is that? And you're like, football. I thought, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea it was a football. It was like, you know, some major thing, like a Steeler or something. I can't remember. And it's the Bills. They're playing tomorrow. So that's, that's oh, why yeah. I'm here today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So. Okay, so what have we learned podcasting? Um, first of all, our website is on Squarespace, and our dear pal Jen 
Callis helped me launch the website. And I have to say, uh, I, I, all these podcasters that I listen to are always like, oh, Squarespace, fantastic. Uh, I'm not that great. I'm not that crazy about Squarespace. It's not really that user friendly. At one point, uh, I discovered about three months ago that half of our podcasts had just completely disappeared from the website. Mm. I, and I had to rebuild all of those old podcasts from from scratch. I thought, well, that's crazy because I didn't delete them. Why would I delete my own podcasting? Yeah. So that was weird. Well, you're using uh, Captivate as your host, right? Captivate's great. Use their customer service. Make them do it for you. Oh, they'll do a website for me? Well, they won't do the website, but I gave them like temporary uh, admin access to because your, to your website? I was like, you're... Your feed feature, which basically is a copy and paste code that goes yeah. onto a blank page yeah. that will then display all of the running episodes of the show, right? Yes, that's what I So have. I copied and pasted it, put it on the page, didn't work. Oh. I had to send them some screenshots like, hey, this isn't working. And then I was like, here, here's the password login. You fix it. This is your job. Oh. This is what I pay you for. So. Oh, nice. And okay. they did it. Oh. Okay, that's good to know because I like them. They're good. Yeah, yeah. They're UK based, so their like response time isn't always great. But if yeah, you're not like, okay. if you don't need an immediate fix, yeah, they're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what else have I learned? Um, <clears throat> not everyone likes our podcast. Shocking. Hmm. Who doesn't like it? Not everyone likes it. I'm not gonna say. Okay. But I will say that not everyone likes it, and we've had a surprising amount of difficulty getting certain people that we thought would be ace podcast guests to come on the podcast. And we're not going to name names either. But a lot of people are like, oh, no, 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 I would never do that. I can't do that. Interesting. Have you ever had that? Do you ever come up against that? Like With, with the other show, it's difficult, especially people that are like professionals in their industry and that seem like they want to yeah, participate and like be actors, good guests. Like actors. Yeah, so... I mean, I'm not going to name names either, no. but sometimes scheduling is hard and I get that. We all have busy lives. Yeah, of you course. Know. But, you know, we always manage to work it out. I'm No, I'm talking about like a, no, I don't want to do that. I don't I don't want to do that uh, at all. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I even brought, like when I was in Chicago, I brought a microphone. I brought a little porta mic. I'm still working on technical stuff. I'm not that good at it. But I I, I sat with, down with two friends of mine and I said, hey, you guys want to do some podcasting? No, absolutely not. Oh, wow. Was this like an ambush situation where you just whipped out a microphone out of your bag and like, hey. No, I had, well, no, I had. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Well, it was, now that I think about it, it was a little ambushy, but I, I, I did sort of say it to them when I was making plans to see them, hey, maybe we can do a little podcasting or whatever. And I didn't really hear anything back and I, you know, and absolutely not. Absolutely not. And it's not, I guess it's not for everybody. You know, I think that what we do is because Jan was telling me, what was it like a couple of weeks ago? You were talking about the end of the strike, the mm. the writer strike, and, and how Jimmy Fallon and who who'd you mention Colbert and all the Fallon. late night guys. Yeah, they all started John Oliver, mm -hmm. Seth Meyers. Yeah, they all started podcasts to augment their um, staffs, right, their staff to kind of you know pay them. Just you know, and and she said you know. Our podcast is just as good as theirs. And I'm like, yes, you're right. It is. Because I listen to a lot of podcasts and our, you know, we, we need work on certain things, but we're not terrible. <laughs> you're not. I was just listening to it today <laughs> on the way here. Oh, God love you, Nick. And you're at what? Episode 23 was the one I think I just saw. Yeah. And this is our 24th episode. That was my goal to do That's two, two a lot. Yeah. I know. Exactly. Considering how old we are. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. What did I? But getting, you know, even like going to be doing one with my mom and my aunt and you know even my mother is like 
there's this sense of I don't want to what if I can't say anything and then I don't want to say something that's going to be out there that I can't take back and well, blah, that, blah. that's not so much your mom, the I can't take it back thing. But what if I run out of things to say is a huge fear. But, and, and as I say to everybody, <laughs> why are you worried about it? Listen to a podcast <laughs> and Catherine never shuts the fuck up. <laughs> so you'll be fine. That's actually on here. Jan kept telling me to shut up and that still <laughs> right. holds true. It's just yeah. like ridiculous for anybody to feel that way. It's absurd. The thing that, that that I understand, if you're not in the business, you think, oh, I'm going to freeze up and what am I going to do? And, and you know, I, I understand that. The thing I don't understand is, oh, I don't want to say something that can't ever be taken back. And I'm like, we're not talking about your taxes. We're talking about food. And, you know, we can always edit something out if you really yeah. are. Or if you don't even, if you freak out, we'll just yank the podcast. But, you know, it's, a, it's on the internet forever. Oh, really? It's on the internet forever that you don't like oatmeal? Who gives a shit? You know, it's weird. It's weird. It it is a little strange. Don't, don't need my oatmeal takes available to the public. <laughs> it's out there forever. Okay, uh, okay. Here's another thing I've discovered. Uh, in order to remain relevant, and you know this, social media, and social media is a lot more work than I want to put in, and I think that's why we're not as successful as I would like to be right now because I'm not putting in the time on TikTok. I'm and not... I'm I'm not sleeping with anybody to further. Bam, Jay, not doing it. <laughs> keeping it real. Not doing it. There's keeping still it time. real as. <laughs> There's no time. Just keeping it real as always. Wait a minute, but like I should be on TikTok and I should be doing more on Instagram and I should be doing you know more more reels and social. But here's what I'm discovering, you know, I see a lot of my food Instagrammers go through like these peaks and valleys and swoops of complete and utter burnout. Like they lose their shit for a while and they go offline, then they come back and they go off, then they come back. And, you know, there's a huge theme right now of I'm giving up being an influencer. It's taking over my life. I can't take it anymore, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I'm kind of okay with where we're at right now. I wish we had more going on, but I think for right now it's okay. But I had no idea how overwhelmingly time consuming keeping up with social media and the algorithm can be. And you're, do you primarily deal with X, Twitter? Is that your primary outlet for social media? Uh, It is because I like that it's text-based, but it is crumbling under the weight of its own hubris at this moment. So <laughs> it's a little difficult to deal with. And since I've been, well, since I made the official Instagram for the Bad Movies We Love show, that has sort of like had its own life now. And I've met some good people through that. What's the Instagram? What's the Instagram? It's Bad Movies We Love, but it's L-U-V at the end because... So it's at Bad Movies We Love L-U-V. Yes. Oh, good. Okay. Good. I wish I could own that across all platforms because the show's title bad movies we love spelled the original normal way l-o-v-e but in order to like get it lined up on all the socials i had to use the the l-u-v because some is taken here some's not taken here you know that l-u-v was a broadway show that they made a movie out of called l-u-v i don't love look at that from the 60s check it out i'll check it out check it out um okay but out of all, this is funny because out of all the social media platforms out there, Twitter is the one that I've never really been able to get. I just 
I can't figure it out. My brother, who's completely not on social media at all, that's the only one that he's on. So I think Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, is is really suited to a certain type of person, and I'm yes. not that type of person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a reason that they have a smaller user base than other social media companies. They do? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, th I mean, they still have a ton, but you're talking about, like, a number in the billions versus a number in, like, tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions. Have you noticed a big change since Musk took over? Yes. Like, mainly? Mainly the way that things function. Like, some people just, you don't, people that I know and follow, it's very hard for me to find and interact with them. And, oh. like, tagging somebody that I know, right? I follow them, they follow me. I start typing their name in to tag them, and it gives me all these other results that are not any of those people. Huh. So it's like I have a friend named Donald. I type in Donald. Who do you think pops up first? Trump. It ain't it ain't my friend Donald. Oh, no, it's no. Trump. Exactly. Are you yeah. kidding me? So it's no. it's frustrating in the way that it makes it very difficult to sort of have a, a symbiotic relationship with other people that want that on Twitter to like build a community. So with the film club, it's like I started my own community page, which sort of makes a private timeline on Twitter. So if you were to go on there and just be like, I just want to meet people that talk about food and that's it, right? Yeah. That's doable, but not easy. And you have to spend the time on it. And honestly, like the time consuming element of social media is a lot. And I break it up over certain days. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, between, it is it's so much, you know, Twitter, X, community thread. Then on Instagram, there's Instagram, there's reels, there's stories, there's threads, you know, Facebook, there's groups, uh, you know, TikTok. It's like, what the F? It's so much. But, you know, that's what gets the traction. I posted this weird little video in the middle of the year. I posted a little video like grilling something I was just it was a picture of my it was a video of my grill and there was smoke coming out of the top of it and it said something like grilling like a villain or something like that mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it got like 250 hits like because it was a story a reel yeah. reels are where, where it's at mm -hmm. I'm like well, how did that happen like is it do I have to post reels like every day with little cute sayings and stuff is that how it, is that how it works <laughs> yeah, either that or you hire somebody to do it for you and yeah. then that adds up. But there are some like third party services out there, which Twitter has blocked as well. So it makes it more difficult. But oh my God. you basically like create the format for one social media and then you give the access to this third party app and then it automatically posts that across oh, yeah. Uh, platforms, yeah, which I don't use. But yeah, they are they are out there if you want them. Um. Okay, so let's go back to food because you last year were talking about your three main criteria, which is it's got to look good, smell good, and taste good. Is that still true even now now that you're doing 99% of the cooking? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't want the food to like look good and taste like shit, and I don't want it to smell good and look horrible. So I sort of just keep that in mind when I'm doing the plating and stuff like that. And, you know, last night I was like, all right, I'm going to make tacos, which go to the grocery store for tortillas and <laughs> a couple things. And it's like, oh, that's $70. Like, why are these apples $10? $2 an apple? Yeah, we were just talking about that. I heard. <laughs> last week. And, you know, prices are not going to go down. They're I not. Mean, they're just not going to go down because as our last guest was saying, 
what they discovered during the pandemic was if if a customer is going to pay $3 for an avocado when they used to pay 2 well, guess what? Now that there's plenty of avocados, they're going to keep it at 3 And that's just going to cut across all food lines, I think. Yeah. And typically, like, I'll buy avocados at Costco. And I know your friend that you were talking yeah. to said that, you know, buy your produce at Costco when you can. Yeah. yeah. And so the balance is like, oh, do I buy five pounds of zucchini and then it's like I'm tired of zucchini in two days and the rest of it rots yeah. or I buy the avocados when they're way underripe and I just let them sit on the counter until they're about ready and then throw them all in the fridge and try and halt that process and yeah. just use avocados sparingly. Well, right now my fridge and freezers, plural, are completely jam packed with food. You know, I just, this is the time of year that I just run out of room and I have a little tiny freezer at work that I use as a spillover, but I'm like, God, we just have, it, it, there's just so much food around right now, like the holidays. There's And Jan has family in from out of town right now. And so it's food centric over at her house because she has a lot of food people coming over. A lot of people are looking to Jan to feed them. We're going over to her house for dinner tonight, as a matter of fact, which is going to be really nice. It will be nice. It'll be lovely. And I don't have to bring anything. Nope. That's the best. My favorite thing of all. Just yourself. And Dean. And Dean, of course. And the Deanster. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. But it's a lot of work. It's not. It depends. You know, I'm making lamb chops, so it's fine. Mm, It's easy. Sounds good. I haven't done that in a while. Throw them on the grill. Call it a day. Yeah. Easy peasy. But that wasn't cheap. No. No. God no. No. Lamb chops are expensive. Hugely expensive. Yeah. We went out to we went out to dinner last night and you know, Dean ordered the wrong thing and he wasn't happy with it and I was perfectly fine with mine. And uh, you know, hundred bucks with no alcohol for two people. Where'd you go? Sauced. Our our little barbecue place in in uh, El Segundo. And he ordered something Jesus, that Jesus, w- a hundred bucks for the two of you at yeah. that place. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. We got one appetizer and an and we each got an entree. And he got iced tea and I got a lemonade and it was eighty eight bucks. And he left a good tip, so it was like a hundred bucks for two people. He left a good tip on a bill where he didn't even like the food. Yeah, it's not it's not the waiter's fault that he didn't like the food. Oh, that's true. But he was he, he ordered. He ordered what he thought were... Stand up for yourself, Dean. Complain. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, well, no. That he would never... That's funny about him. He would never, unlike Jan and I, or me, uh, if we don't like something at a restaurant to that degree, we are going to send it back and get something else. He would never dream of doing that. He he would rather eat nails than tell the waiter, <laughs> I don't like this. Can you get something else? And he was like cutting... So what he ordered was... Um, what he thought was baby back ribs and a sm- like a combo plate, baby back ribs and chicken, smoked chicken. And what he got was, we think, spare ribs mm. because he was like sawing away at these ribs and he could not. He goes, why am I wrestling with these ribs? He couldn't cut them. It wasn't they weren't easily cuttable. He said they tasted OK, but he was like hacking away and it took so long to get these ribs that we actually ended up taking the chicken home. And I got my burnt ends, my brisket burnt ends, which were delicious, but he was not happy with his meal at all. So I kept saying, let's, you know, no, he wouldn't send it back. So well, when you're thinking of ribs, you don't want to be spending any time sawing through yeah, them. You want it to be fall off the bone. Yeah, no, he was literally like hacking away. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm fighting my food. 
you know, he said, you know, if this was the first time we ever came here, I would never come back. But we know that the food is good. He just got the wrong thing somehow. He ordered the wrong thing. It doesn't make me want to go there now. Mm. It was also, well, we also had this plant. The last, the last time we went, we, sent, we sat in this dining room, which is this big cavernous place with these metal chairs that scrape on the floor mm. and kids running around and stuff. And I said, no, no, let's, let's, let's sit in the bar this time. It's, it's, there's no kids. It's quieter. We sat in the bar. I actually wanted to sit outside beyond the bar. There's another area, which is even quieter. But he goes, no, let's sit by the bar. So we sat by the bar. And then we realized too late that right next to the bar, there are a couple of cages where people can throw axes. Like they have an axe throwing thing happening over there. So we heard this bang, 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 bang. All through dinner, these people are hacking away at these axes. And Dean goes... You know, after the first couple of times you throw an axe, isn't that pretty much it? Like, aren't you like, meh? Like, these people are just all excited for a long sesh of axe throwing, which I don't okay. know what that's about. I never want to go to this place, <laughs> ever. No, it's good. No, it's good. no. Mm, I know. They have axe throwing, and they serve ribs that you have to fight with. Yeah. I'm well, out. Well, that's what the axe throwing is for. It gets you warmed up for cutting your ribs. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the ribs that I've had there, Jan, the, the actual baby back ribs are really good. And their burnt ends are really good. So Both they the... didn't actually, he didn't actually order the baby back ribs. No, he ordered ribs and chicken and they brought him spare ribs and chicken. He didn't, I don't think he specified. I don't think he, mm. I don't think he got it right. And by the way, mm. we took home the chicken and I took it apart and I'm going to make smoked chicken quesadillas for dinner and that was freaking delicious that chicken is good i might have had a little sample or two of the chicken that i huh yeah De all right delicious well, delicious i might get something to go i don't sounds like the place I'd, i can't stand restaurants that are so loud it's it's if they have like a, a cavernous space on a hard floor yeah that's what this is the noise level i i can't i can't do it kills yeah, me that's what this is yeah I never could though. I would say it's my age, but it's not. I just can't take that kind of. Yeah, I don't. It's enjoy also got kind of like this weird sports bar vibe. There's like TVs everywhere that are turned completely down, which is good. There's not blasting TVs, but like everywhere you look, there's a different TV with some sporting event on it. So it's kind of like this weird sort of amalgam. It doesn't really quite know what it wants to be, but the food's usually pretty good. So I don't know, whatever. But. All this to say, we're speaking to your original thing, which is, you know, why is it so freaking expensive to eat anymore? You yeah. Know? I mean, we went out before a show at the Orpheum. We went to Zinc, which is oh, I've been there down the street, yeah. and it was like, like it was that. good, but like... it was over a hundred bucks for the two yeah. of us. And my non-alcoholic beer was like nine dollars. Yeah. It's like okay, it's good, but it's like why is it more expensive than the beer with the alcohol? Is, yeah, is in it, it nine? Is it nine dollars good? I mean, that's the question. No, no, but if I want a beer and I don't want the alcohol, it's my only option. And the bottled sparkling water is like seven dollars, so I might as well just opt for the beer at that point. Yeah, you mentioned Zinc. Is that you like that place, right? Zinc? Yeah, I, I'm only eaten there once and i liked it but it is pricey yeah it's every place is pricey yeah, yeah. so i don't well that's the, i also wrote this down people might not like our show because uh, angelinos who i think are insulted by how much jan and i complain about la I think that could be some some factor as to why some people don't like our show. Because, well, then don't listen. <laughs> because we complain about L.A. Um, There's a lot to complain about. <laughs> okay, wait. What else do I have here? Uh, oh, we talked about an alternate 
alternative name for our podcast, which was Chewing the Fat, which I'm glad we didn't go with. Um, and I, I, I don't ever remember even discussing that yeah, as a title. Chewing the Fat. <laughs> and then this is what I wrote down. This time last year, according to the podcast, I had all of my Christmas cookie dough in the freezer ready to go. This year, guess how much I have? None. I'm a little behind this year. You're behind. And then I wrote, Jan tried to tantalize our audience by saying that we were podcasting in the nude. That never happened. Just so you guys know, that never happened. Now, up until now, up until now, yeah, Jan is nude right now. No, she's not. Um, now we are coming to another thing on my list, which is your stepfather. Yeah, there was a whole long thing about your stepdad last year about what does he eat, what is he going to do for Thanksgiving. What? What? Let's hear the update on stepfather. It hasn't gotten better. Uh, his, I mean, he's diabetic, so that's always been an issue. <clears throat> Has that always been the case? Uh, he's had diabetes basically for as long as I've known him, but he did a really good job for a long time of regulating that with diet and exercise. And then during the pandemic, that changed. And uh, I don't know exactly what he does like shopping and food wise, but when he's telling us like, oh, I really like wiener schnitzel, I'm like, okay, you're not supposed to be eating that. Oh, yeah. And he's been a lot more flaky when it comes to like actually coming over for dinner. Now he'll just call me and preemptively cancel before he's even invited. He'll call me and be like, hey, are we doing dinner tonight? Uh, okay, well, I'm not coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, yeah, he he's older. His memory is f- fading a little bit. He thought our wedding was this weekend. Oh. So it's it's been a little bit uh, more difficult to just like get on the same page with him in general. What do you do in terms of monitoring his overall health? Do you see him? That's a good question. He fell last week and didn't tell us anything oh. until a week later. And it's like, oh, yeah, I fell, but I'm okay now. You just didn't hear from me for a week because he's like nursing this injury. And oh, then Jesus. it's, oh, I got dizzy and fell. But did you fall because you were dizzy or did you get dizzy because you fell and hit your head? Like he's just, he's at that point where he's keeping a lot of things in the dark. Yeah. And it's very difficult to a sort hider. of... A hider. How old yeah. is he? How old 77? That's not that old. It doesn't sound that old to me. It's not. It's not. And I think the combination of being isolated and then him not eating well and not maintaining his uh, like diabetes diet has all just like come to a head at this point. Yeah. Because his memory wasn't always like fantastic, but I, like over the last like six months, it's gone off a cliff oh god i'm sorry so it's been a lot to deal with yeah the food monitoring is really interesting when a person is older or in my case with my friend who's ill right now in 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 basically in hospice care we are astounded by the fact that he will sit up and eat three meals a day happily um and you know this is hospice food it's not exactly you know, from a level food here, it's not great. They feed him three meals a day. Here's what we discovered. The guy really never really took care of himself food-wise. Like, he was one of those scrabblers. Like, he would just kind of eat, you know, he, he his landlord would offer him food all the time, and he'd be like, no, I'm good. And nobody really knew what he ate or how he ate, and, and he sure wasn't having three meals a day. So now that he's in a controlled environment, although it's, you know, it's a... a an acute care facility, he's getting three meals a day. He's responding beautifully, not to much else, but to the food he's responding. So that's an interesting thing. Like 
you know, if your stepdad was in like a controlled situation and somebody was actually feeding him three meals a day, it might might change things. But how do you get that to happen? Yeah. I mean, he lives alone and yeah. he doesn't want to give up any independence. No. Even though he's at the point where it's like we have to worry that he's a fall risk, which I've been worried about because his back has been so bad that I knew eventually he's got an old step over tub. I'm like, he's fallen in there one day sooner or later. Mm. And so now uh, it's that time. And yeah. In talking to my brother, uh, his son, in trying to figure out, like, how serious do we need to take this now? And it's always, like, pacifying the situation. Oh, it just looks like an old man bruise or that kind of thing where mm. it's like, Is look, that... I get that you don't want to deal with it, but it's happening whether you like it or not. And it's yeah. probably better to get ahead of it while we can. Yeah, which is true of everything with an aging parent. It really is. Well, one of the things that we talked about last year was that I wanted to really talk to people about the the person who did the lion's share of the work, the person who was the cook versus the non-cook. I wanted to find out what that was all about. And it turns out that the more people we got in here, the more I realized that it wasn't so much about the division of duties, but it was about the individual person's experience with food. Yeah. And... That was an interesting discovery because I thought it was going to be a lot of people in here ranting and raving and bitching about. But a lot of people who are the primary cook really enjoy being the primary cook. And the other person, you know, they enjoy not being the primary cook. There's not a lot of, you know, uh, friction in that area. And that was interesting to me because I thought for sure that it would be, uh, you know, I wrote, what do people do? Uh, that question was answered. And I think what do people do is they just do what they feel comfortable with in the kitchen and they create food or they enjoy food that is created for them. And that's kind of like the key. So, you know, I mean, it's been an interesting, it's been an interesting year, I have to say. Yeah. And I think, well, for like, for me, for you, for you, getting in the kitchen and being able to make something is like an exercise of a certain creative muscle where it's like you know there's times where I want to paint or I want to do like mosaic or I want to draw and like sometimes I don't make time for that but like food is a necessity so it's a it's an avenue where I can be creative but also with something that is essential to me and I think that's probably why people you know have the inclination to go out and like take pictures of their food because it is this like very essential experience yeah. in consuming it. And so like when you can appreciate what someone else has done for you, you take the picture of it, you post it up and, you know, say it looks beautiful, whatever. But that experience, I think, even if you're not the cook, even as the consumer, like you can appreciate the work that goes into it. And with me and Kristen, like she doesn't cook. And when we were doing our like – uh bride and groom games they're asking us like who's the better cook i'm like well i'm the only cook so it's obviously me <laughs> and it's like who does the dishes well also me and yeah. a lot of people at our bridal party were surprised to know that i do the dishes and cook so do i yeah because so it's you. like well yeah because the kitchen is sort of like the area that i use the most yeah. so i want to make sure that it is as functional as possible because i really don't like our kitchen set up as is right now so i need yeah. to make it as functional for myself as i can yeah that's interesting that you mentioned about the the taking pictures because I was making a soup um, yesterday that I saw on one of my in one of my food bloggers, which food blogging is kind of over now, but this girl posts pretty regularly and she posted a soup that looked so good. 
I, I was like, I have to make this soup. I just get, I had it in my craw and it was a butternut squash feta cheese soup. Sounds horrible, but it was really good. And I happened to be in Trader Joe's and they have butternut squash all cut up already. I'm like, I'm in. So, you know, I'm starting to do this whole soup thing. And, I'm, you know, I I have a pot and I have all this stuff and then it goes, then it gets cooled off, then it transfers to a blender and then you have to like do it in batches. And, and I thought, shit, you know, this is hard. But like I see food Instagrammers doing the same exact thing and they're filming and photographing everything. See, this is what I don't want to do. I don't want to get out my stepladder and have a big light over my blender and film my soup being blended. And it, it's just, it, it's, it's, that's their job. That's, I, mean, I have a job. That's their job to photograph and film every single step of the way and then write down these bit by bit instructions and then do a reel and put that reel on Instagram and edit it down and put cool music to it. And I'm just like, ugh. You know, I, I don't know. I if if I have to, I will. But... They can't be very long reels because people don't have the attention span to watch anything that's that long. They've got to be pretty short. Yeah, they are. They're a minute long, but you have okay. to you have to take all this long video and then edit it down. You hmm. have to like do little snippets of what you just did, and on a YouTube channel or on a blog, you can do longer forms. And so, you know, there's endless shots of blending. And, you know, I was hauling ass in my kitchen and I wasn't doing one photograph of it. And I thought, man, this is hard work. And then if you're photographing everything, that's even harder work. That's one thing about your film thing is that you don't have to photograph. You just have to talk about what you saw. That's true. <laughs> and the only thing that I do that's, well... It's it's not quite that easy. If you listen to bad movies we love and you hear the way that it's edited, oh. I'm sure Will can attest that if you spend a lot of time like editing, yeah, it for every hour that I record, minimum two hours of for editing? each hour. Really? So typically I record for two to three hours. Okay. So that's a minimum of six, just editing out all of the uh and dead space and throat clearing and things like that, <laughs> just to polish the episode. Yeah. Then I need to go through and find the sound bites that I want to use at the intro. So it's like a teaser that's about a minute long. So it's like, if you're not on board with this tone right now, yeah. just turn the episode off. Yeah, And then putting in the sound effects at the right points in the show. Oh, you do much fancier stuff than me. Yeah, I write fake phony ad copy for products that don't <laughs> exist and I put music to it. It's it's great, but it is time consuming. That's and so, a lot of work. Yeah, for you, I would say like all you can do is chase the thing that you're passionate about. If yeah. you don't want to be taking the photos and doing all this stuff, don't do it. No, here's what I like. Because like you'll sitting, burn out. Yeah, I like sitting here talking to people. That's what I like. I mean, that's about it. That's what I like. I, I, I can't decide what I like. So. <laughs> Jan said last week, when we report our last recorded podcast, we were talking about who listens to the podcast. And Jen goes, I don't even listen to the podcast. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> it was hilarious. Well, she's here for it. So. Right. It's like I'm hearing it now. Yeah, that's right. right? She doesn't need to listen to it. True. So why do I listen to it after? It okay, we're almost redundant. out of time. One more bad movie we love. How about one more bad movie we love to tantalize our audience or maybe two more bad movies. We okay, love. so Weekend at Bernie's. Weekend at Bernie's was the most recent one. Okay. The one that I recorded after that was The Return of Swamp Thing. So not even the original Swamp Thing, which is a bad movie in you know, many critics' eyes anyway. But what? that was Wes Craven, you know, very different tone. So we just jumped straight into the sequel. And that's a bad movie that we love? Is it better than Swamp Thing? I don't know if it's better. It's different. And it's like, <laughs> it's more, 
irreverent. It feels more free than the original Swamp Thing because it just gets to do things in its own way. It has way less budget. Heather Locklear is like falling in love with this. She's a vegetarian, so naturally she falls in love with Swamp Thing, right? Uh, <laughs> so it's really, yeah, really bad. It, exactly. But it has fun being bad where a lot of movies that like take themselves too seriously try to be good and like fumble that aspect of it that's not an enjoyable experience and then are you saying that heather locklear kind of understands she's in a a turkey yeah i think so and she you can see that with her like acting and her yeah i think it was around the time of like tj hooker as well so it was like she didn't get out to do movies very often okay. and there is like a weird psychedelic love scene where she sort of imagines that swamp thing is a man and they have like mind sex and it's it's very weird. Oh, wow. And then you got all the henchmen wearing like these matching sleeveless rompers, which is pretty cool, too, because you need to know that they're henchmen. And <laughs> of course, if you work in the swamps, you would wear something that's bright red. Rompers. <laughs> <laughs> Who says rompers? Uh, that's the best way I can describe it. It's like it's like that. Uh, <laughs> what's that guy who does those? Svengali? Yeah. Oh, Svengali? Svengali, yeah. yeah. Do you ever watch his no, I don't. movies? No. They're so bad. <laughs> but sometimes you can't stop watching them because oh, they're yeah. so bad. I was visiting my friend. I was telling them, I was writing this the other day. I was visiting my friend in his hospice facility that I was talking about. And he has Turner Classic Movies on a loop, you know, just like constantly playing. It's not a loop. It's live Turner Classic Movies. And on Turner Classic Movies, they show shorts. Yeah. 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 So this short came on called, you know, who it was like a murder mystery, who, murder mystery, who who killed Fido or something like that. And I start watching it and it was probably done like in the 30s. And it's all these dogs, not animated, but real dogs, all dressed up in these funky costumes, <laughs> all barking. But it's overdubbed with dialogue. And a lot of the dogs were trained to walk on their hind legs in and out of rooms and stuff. And clearly their little paws were being manipulated. Like they were doing things like smoking and writing. And I was watching this and I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. But I couldn't stop watching it. It was the weirdest thing. It's kind so of like that for me is a scene out of, um, and I just drew a blank on his name, uh, Blue Velvet. Who's the guy? Oh, um, Lynch. David, David Lynch. Lynch. Yeah, David Lynch. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. It's like that scene in a hospice watching that yeah, short exactly. is very David Lynch yeah, to me. Yeah, exactly. That's the what whole it felt thing. Like. And, and my friend was sound asleep because I know if he had been awake, he'd be like, what the fuck is this? And then uh, and then right after that, this gorgeous montage sort of short tribute to Greta Garbo came on where, you know, every shot is her like in sort of ecstasy on the on the prow of a ship or in the arms of some man and close-ups of her face. And I'm like, this is way better than those dogs. But, you know, <laughs> but, you know movies are funny. Movies can be real. They really are. So if you, want, if you want an episode that you can listen to that isn't Weekend at Bernie's, the one I did before that was Maximum Overdrive, which is the only time Stephen King has ever directed a movie. And it's his own adaptation of his short story, Trucks. I didn't know that he ever directed a movie. Exactly. Trump. And okay. it's crazy. And it's like fueled by cocaine <laughs> and just the 80s. And I love that it was Stephen King just getting to finally do his thing. And he says like, how they asked him, why have you never directed something else? And he said, have you seen Maximum Overdrive? Oh, so, really? So he knows that it's bad, but at the same time, like... You know, oh, that's it is what it is. Funny. It's fun. That's funny. It's crazy. Well, now I'm going to watch it. Yeah. 
listen, thank you for coming. It's our anniversary special. God willing and the crick don't rise, we'll see you back here next year. You'll yeah. be a married, married man. man. I will be a married Woo-hoo. man. Mazel tov. Yes. Thank you. And, and thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And have a, Thank you. And have a great wedding and a great Thanksgiving and a great holiday season. And uh, I think that's it for now. Bye. 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 Bye.